Hey, it's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. I'll be back in a minute with this week's conversation about resilience. But first, if you wish to create a better life and have a better career, then please visit michaelobrienshift.com and download your free workbook on how to create a better life. In it, you'll discover ways to find more energy for the things and the people who matter most to you so you can create a better tomorrow. Hey there, my fellow like-hearted humans. It's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. This week, I have a shorter segment for you called Open Awareness. It's all about stories of connection I experienced as I rode my bike across the country in 2022. I was joined by my wife who drove our RV named Maisie, and she had two adorable but very furry co-pilots, Hope and Jester, two of our Springer Spaniels. Our puppy Springer arrived last year and her name is Story. We started in Astoria, Oregon and went down the coast. Today, I wanna bring you to day five. We're in Mitchell, Oregon. As we're making our way toward Eastern Oregon. Now, if you don't know anything about Mitchell, Oregon, congratulations. You, my friend, are human. I don't think many people know much about Mitchell. Back in 2010, it only had 39 residents. And I'm no population expert, but I don't think many people have moved there since. Now, way back in the day, going way back, it was known as a town that lonely men would travel to when they were looking for a bit of companionship, if you know what I mean. But despite its spicy history, this small town delivered one delicious Marion Berry milkshake, the second one for the trip. I was excited about today's stage. We were headed towards Prairie City, Oregon. I would cycle through the painted hills of Eastern Oregon. I'd go through a town called John Day, famous for dinosaur fossils. You see, growing up, I had a rock collection when I was a kid. Yeah. I was that cool, and I loved dinosaurs. So I couldn't wait to experience this stage. But the one thing I did not want to experience was this. Rain. I was done with the rain every day. So I was hoping for dry, sunny weather. I woke up early, but I couldn't check the weather because Mitchell doesn't have cell reception, but I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic. Even though it was 47 degrees and cloudy, I thought it's gonna warm up, it's gonna get sunny. Today is the day. 
The day starts off with a six mile climb up to 5,000 feet. That got me warmed up, but as I reached the top, the clouds turned to mist and the mist turned to sprinkles and the sprinkles, yep, you guessed it. It started to rain. Awesome sauce, not. But being optimistic, I thought, this is just a cloud trapped on top of the mountain. Once I get to the other side, it'll be so much better. It'll stop raining, it'll be sunny, all that jazz. It was six miles up and 12 miles down into the valley. And as I went down into the valley, the rain kept coming and coming harder and harder. It was a full out downpour as I'm going 40 miles an hour down a hill. Crazy, right? Well, to make matters worse, that 47 degrees dropped to 36 in a matter of two miles. I wasn't having a good time. I got colder and colder. I began to shiver. And then I was shivering so violently, it was difficult to steer my bike. There's an old saying, I think it comes from Denmark or maybe Norway. It says, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. Well, I had bad clothing. I packed a lot for this trip, but I wasn't expecting in June and July, 36 degrees and a driving rainstorm. I didn't pack gear for that. So as I went downhill, I got colder and colder and shivered more and more, and I was getting worried. I needed help. I was feeling hypothermic and really felt in danger. Here I was five days into this ride and I thought it could all end today. I was really worried about crashing and I needed help right away. I'm gonna pause the story here just to frame this out to make sure we're still on the same page. All right, let's take a break. Take a full breath in and a slow releasing breath out and relax the body as you soak up our conversation. Ah, I hope that felt good. Okay, now that we're a little bit more relaxed, can we be real? I think our morning routines, well, they've gotten a little out of control. You might not have time in the morning to meditate because you're busy doing other things like trying to get to work or getting the kids off to school. And this is where my app, Pause, Breathe, Reflect, comes in because I built it for busy people with a whole bunch of shorter practices. So if you don't have 10 minutes in the morning to meditate, cool beans. You're human after all. 
but I bet you have five times throughout the day when you have two minutes to practice and let go of stress and bring mindfulness to your everyday moments. So today, download Pause, Breathe, Reflect for free and begin to stress less, sleep better, and join a community of like-hearted humans rippling something worth rippling into the world. All right, let's go back to our conversation and celebrate the Kintsugi within us all. So here I am in the middle of Eastern Oregon in a driving rainstorm. It's 36 degrees. I'm soaked to the bone, shivering out of control without any cell phone reception. And no one's around me. I can't see any homes or farms, maybe a few cattle and a passing pickup truck or two that flew past me, probably thinking I was crazy for riding in that type of weather. And my wife was back in Mitchell packing up the RV. And she didn't know what state I was in. So I keep pedaling, thinking I gotta get to the next town. Then I can get some shelter. Then I can warm up. And then I came around a bend and there I saw it, a white farmhouse. It looked so beautiful. I didn't know what to expect when I went to the front door, but I knew the risk of going to a stranger's home was less than staying on the bike. I knocked on the door and met a lovely woman. Her name is Mary. And she said I could stay on her porch to get out from the rain. So there I stood, shivering under her porch, looking up the road, looking for Maisie and my wife and her two co-pilots. A few minutes later, her husband came in on his quad and his name, wait for it, is Joseph. Yes, I was at Mary and Joseph's farmhouse. You can't make this up. He invited me in, poured me a cup of coffee, gave me a blanket and invited me to stay inside, but I couldn't. I had to be on the lookout. So I took my coffee outside, which I couldn't drink because I was shaking so violently. There's actually a video of this that I'll post in the show notes. And I waited, hoping, praying, my wife would come down that mountain sooner rather than later. And then I saw Maisie. I ran to the end of the driveway. I jumped up and down, waved my arms, and she saw me. I hate to think, what would have happened if she didn't? But she did. I went back for my bike, got inside, stripped down, got into some warm clothes, and into the covers I went. And she put Hopi next to me for a little extra warmth. I was supposed to ride 85 miles that day, but only rode 28. But there's no shame in the game. I made a decision to follow our first principle, and that was safety. Sure, I could have changed clothes when I met up with my wife, 
got into some warm gear, and continued through that rainstorm. We could have videotaped it, posted it online, maybe it goes viral, but to what end? Going through that wasn't sending the right message I wanted to send about this trip. Plus, we're playing the long game. I still had 36 more days of riding in front of me. We drove to Prairie City, had a warm lunch, and by the afternoon, the sun finally came out and produced a double rainbow, which was gorgeous. I have a photo of it on my Pause, Breathe, Reflect website where you can read more about the app. It's a beautiful photo. I hope you'll check it out. But when I think back to this day, the story of connection is this one. As we think about doing hard things like riding our bike across the country or anything on your to-do list, we don't do things alone. We need to come together. Yes, I know many of us don't like to ask for help. And sometimes we buy into the myth that we have to be gritty and resilient and persevere and endure, and we're going to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and all that jazz. But the reality is, no one does this alone. To do great things, to put a beautiful ripple into the world, we go far together. So asking for help is essential because every now and again, we'll be in a position where we need help, like I was on that day. And here's the thing about asking for help. It's not a sign that you're weak. It's a declaration. It's a statement that you're not quitting. All you need is a push or shelter or support in some form or fashion. It's a statement that you want to keep pedaling. And the other really cool thing about asking for help in the Kintsugi spirit is it builds a connection with the person that wants to help you. Like, I connected with Mary and Joseph. And the other cool thing about asking for help is that you get to help someone else feel warm and fuzzy inside. You know that feeling you feel when you support someone? That feeling that warms you up? It's a good feeling, right? When we say we don't need any help, we're fine, we're good, what we do is deny reality, but we also deny someone else who could help us from feeling that warm and fuzzy feeling inside. And yes, sometimes we offer help and the intention isn't as healthy as it could be. We like to help people so we can feel better about ourselves. That's not the best way to go into helping someone. But often, we just want to help to be able to help. It's a compassionate thing to do. It's kind. It helps us heal. It builds our kintsugi. It builds trust and belonging. And when we say, I'm fine, I don't need any help. 
I got this. What we do is we deny everyone around us from feeling that feeling. So asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a statement that you're going to keep pedaling. You just need a boost. And you want to connect. And you see someone else. And you give them that feeling that feels so good when you provide help to someone else. So today, I invite you to pause, breathe, reflect on your life. And maybe there's an area or two where you can use more support and ask someone for help. You'll be glad you did. I know I was on that day. And yes, my situation demanded a call for help. But still, it was my statement that I wasn't going to grit through it and not be smart. I was going to ask for help because I wanted to keep pedaling. I also wanted to connect with people. And I know Mary and Joseph felt a warm and fuzzy feeling inside when I said goodbye. They're probably not listening to this, but this segment is a tribute to them for helping me on that day. So I could keep pedaling and cross the country and ripple something worth rippling. So Mary and Joseph, thank you. And keep rippling what you're rippling into the world.